Let's pray. God, thank you for those who have brought to know you in a real and personal way, for those who've committed their lives to Christ. And God, I thank you for that beautiful picture of baptism. For those who, Lord, these last several months who said, I, I trust you, Lord, and I want to follow in believers' baptism to show of my faith and the commitment that I have made to you. And God, we just praise you for that, and we give you thanks. And uh, Lord, we want to thank you for those who are still yet to come, to know your grace, to know your goodness, to know your forgiveness, to know your mercy and your salvation. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here today who needs to know you, that they would make that decision, that you'd draw them by the power of your Spirit to say, yes to Jesus, I commit my life to you, I give myself to you. And Lord, I just thank you for what you will do this day and in the days ahead. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to start uh, with a passage in Revelation chapter 20, um, verse 10 or verse 11. And uh, as we look, the title today is Rewards. It pays to discover. Uh, And we're going to talk about rewards that are stored up in heaven for us, uh, for Uh, those who have come to make that commitment to Christ and to find out that what our life here on earth does matter. What we do here does, in fact, matter. We've talked about this the last few weeks, that uh, there's a justice because God is a God of mercy and grace. And for him to be a, a God of love and mercy, then he must deal with the injustices that happen in life. And he must deal with the sin in life. And because he is holy and pure, he will do that one day. And he will do that. Uh, For those who have not been given grace and forgiveness through the person of Christ, those who have not transferred their faith, we believe, uh, by a throne, by the white throne judgment. And that's what's spoken of here in Revelation uh, chapter 20. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we'll read that verse, and then we're going to look at several other passages. But this is what is known as the great white throne judgment, found in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from the... From his presence, earth, sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Now, I want to take just a moment and uh, clarify something. This is a specific judgment. We believe that there are two judgments. Uh, there is a judgment for those uh, who have not. Uh, committed their lives to Christ, those who have not transferred their trust. And then there's a judgment for those who have. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. It's called the Bama Seat. Uh, but the great right throne judgment, you'd say, well, who is that? Well, it's those who simply would not believe. Uh, those who decided, I'm just going to do it on my own. I'm just going to trust in religion. Or they just never got around to it, never got around to making a commitment to Christ. Uh, that's who will be judged at the great white throne judgment. I know there's confusion. I remember as a kid, uh, I remember hearing about a guy or listening to a guy who said, God, and I just pray that uh, before we all stand at that great white throne judgment. Well, I hope I'm not there, okay? I'm not planning on being there. The great white throne is where God makes his judgments uh, according to what everyone has done, the Bible says. And the Bible says this, for the wages of sin is death. The price of our sin is death. And if the grace and forgiveness of Christ has not been applied to our account, not been applied to cover us, to atone for us, then we stand before God simply with what we've done. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. 
But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, what I don't want you to get any kind of confusing of is that uh, if you have accepted Christ, okay, like I said, that is this is not a place that you would ever be. This is not a place that you would ever experience. You would never experience the great white throne judgment. So I mentioned, again, there are two judgments. Now, there's also what we call the Bema Seat. The Bema Seat was actually uh, a historical term, uh, from the, particularly in, in Corinth and other cities, where the judge would sit upon the Bema, uh, and he would issue judgments. As a matter of fact, they would even use a Bema uh, when the athletes would compete, and then at the end they would come and receive their awards. And this is the chair or the throne in which Christians uh, are assessed, if you want to use the word judge, that's what the Scripture says, uh, that are judged according to what they've done after they have accepted Christ. So not what you've done before, but what you've done after you've committed your life to Christ. <clears throat> so there are two judgment seats. And so we find as Christians, there is a, quote, kind of judgment time. Now, that may fly in the face of what you've heard in the past or maybe the way you were raised or just the way that you think. So I want us to read Scripture. Scripture uh, is abundant. We're not going to read all of them, uh, telling us that there's certainly going to be a time of judgment, both for Christians and for those who don't know Christ. And again, this is not a salvation issue. You are not be ju- being judged of your salvation. Heaven is secured. Heaven is a free gift. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's not of our works, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2. So it's by grace that we're saved. But we do live upon this earth as an act of worship to God, and what we do on this earth is rewarded or not. Okay, let's begin by reading some passages of Scripture, starting with 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. For we must all appear, the Bible tells us Paul is speaking before the judgment seat of Christ. He's speaking to believers here. Uh, then Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and my time of departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all those who love is appearing. So we see Paul continually using that term, that day. And Jesus uses the term, there is a day coming in which we will all appear before Christ Jesus. Revelations twenty-two, twelve, the very last chapter of the Bible, one of the last verses of the Bible. The Bible says, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he's done or to reward. Your translation might use that, trans, uh, use that wording. In 1 Corinthians three fourteen, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Uh, Luke 14, 14. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Uh, we even see this in the Old Testament, this concept of reward in the Old Testament. And let me say this. Uh, some In some instances, it's talking about rewards here on earth. That's a great thing about God's rewards. That's a great thing about God's blessing is they're eternal. They don't just stop right here. Some of the things we're talking about will only happen uh, in heaven. Some of them begin here on earth. In the Old Testament, even in Ruth 2.12, we see this concept. The Lord will repay you for what you've done, and a full reward will be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, 
whose wings you have come, uh, whose wings you have come to take refuge. Psalms 19, 9 through 11. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and the righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even more than fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. In Psalms 58, 11, the Bible says, Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. Isaiah 62:11. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Matthew 5:12. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 6, 3 through 4. But when you give to the need, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Mark 9, 41. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of cold water because of because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Matthew 19:21. Jesus said, "If you would be perfect, he's speaking to the rich young ruler here, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me." Colossians 3:23 and 24. Paul is speaking here and he says, "Whatever you do, do heartily as for the Lord and not as to men, knowing that from the Lord you received inheritance as your reward. You are serving Christ Jesus. Second John verse eight, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Romans 14, 10 through 12. And he speak, Paul again is speaking to the church. He's speaking to Christians here. He said, why do you pass judgment on your brother or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So each of us will give an account of himself to God. Um, second Corinthians five, uh, excuse me, second Corinthians five, nine through ten. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one will receive what is due him for he is what he's done in the body whether good or evil. Um, I, think, I think that's a lot, and we could keep going. Uh, but obviously you see that principle of reward in Scripture. Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus, Paul's writings, we see it over and over again. What we can be certain of is that there is going, what we do here on earth does make a difference. It does make an impact, and it does matter. As we look at this passage, I want us to look at one more verse, and uh, I want us to look at that. It is in, found in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. As a matter of fact, Terry, if you don't mind putting that up there. Uh, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. It says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And Paul is speaking here, of course. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. And when he's talking about the, the foundation, he's talking about the gospel, the gospel of Christ that's been laid uh, for people. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. 
Because the day, and you see the vernacular used again, the day, there's a day coming, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each one's work. If it has, if it, if what was built survives, the builder received a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, though only as one escaping through the flames. So that's kind of a, a Greek proverb there that he's quoting that, you know, basically the, the term that we use by the skin of our teeth. Uh, he says, you know, some will have accepted Christ, but then that will be the end of it. But he says, you know what, whatever you've laid upon the foundation of your salvation, of your faith, whatever works, uh, whatever you have done to invest into the kingdom, he said, you're doing one of two things. Either you are investing in hay, wood, and stubble, uh, or you're investing in the kingdom. Matter of fact, I want to show you, you know, we have financial charts we use all the time. Here's a little chart. And the red uh, qualifies as two things. One is our life before Christ, of which everything is forgiven. We're not judged for in any way. Uh, it also could be a picture of the way that we just spend our life, okay? Uh, the way that we spend our life each each day. And there are a lot of things that we do that we just spend our lives uh, that we have to do that are kind of neutral. You know, we have to pay bills, and we have to cook meals, and we eat, and we ho- hopefully exercise proper hygiene. There are things that we do. We sleep. Uh, there are just things that we do spending our life. And the truth of it is there are three things that we can do with our money, and there's three things that we can do with our life. There's three things that you can do with your money. You can spend it, which you have to. We talked about that. There are things that you just have to pay for uh, that are basic necessities of life that we, and things that we just have to do. Or you can invest it, and many of you do that. You invest uh, in a retirement account. Uh, many of you invest in the kingdom. I hope you're doing that. Uh, you invest through your local church. You invest in people. You invest in those in need. Or you can waste it. Bottom line, that's the three things that we do with our money. Now, sometimes we, we take our kids to a ball game or we do things with our family. That's not a, that's not a waste. Okay, that's a, that can be also an investment. That can also be simply a spending of what we need to be doing. Uh, but then there's things that we do that we waste. There's things that we buy that we don't need to impress people we don't like for some reason. Okay, and there are things that uh, we sometimes we, we waste it on food that we don't need, uh, more food that we don't need. Uh, things that are, are not profitable, things that do not bring any constructive value. And we waste it. So is with our lives. We spend our time. We can spend our time serving and helping, or we can spend our time on the couch. We can spend our time before the television. And that's wood, hay, and straw. And the Bible tells us that that's just going to be burned up. Things that we do without the right motive. Maybe you, maybe you give. Maybe you, you support people in the kingdom. Maybe you help God's work. But you do it, and you want credit. And we read a scripture about that. You, you need your name. You need people to know. Well, then you just did it for the wrong motive. That's, that's why it's put away. and It'll be burned up. Okay? It's for the proper motive of heart. We give as we give unto the Lord because we recognize it as an act of worship and an act of obedience, not so that we might obtain glory ourselves. The Bible tells us if you do that, then you've received all your reward right there. That's it. That's the end of it. That's wood, hay, and straw. But precious gold and st- stones, precious stones and silver, talking about precious metals, he's using a picture, of course, here. And what he's saying here, he said, you know what? When you give to the kingdom, you're giving into the, you're giving into the Lord. You're investing in heaven. When you pray, when you get on your knees and you intercede for someone who, who is hurting or who needs Christ and you spend that time investing, 
spiritually in their lives. When you share your faith, when you share the good news of Jesus Christ with others, you're storing up for yourself rewards in heaven, whether they accept Christ or not. When you invest in someone who needs to grow in their faith and you teach them and you help them and you serve them, whether it be a small child or an adult, you are investing and you are putting away gold and precious stones. It's a great question. What does your spiritual inheritance look like right now? Again, I'm not talking about salvation. That's a free gift that's been given to us. But it's like the old, uh, the old proverb that says, you know, salvation is God's gift to you. But what you do with your salvation is our gift to God. What are you doing with the gift that God has given you? How are you investing your time, talents, and resources for the glory of God? So what is to be reviewed? Well, we know our worship. Whether we worshiped him, we're not just talking about singing, but how we have lived a life of worship and glory to him will be reviewed at the Bema seat. Our works are, are, will be examined there. Our service, how we have served the Lord. Matter of fact, uh, I want to give you a great example. Uh, one of the folks that accepted Christ about seven or eight months ago, this is Darlene Vieira and her husband committed their lives to Christ about six or seven months ago. And, uh, Darlene, uh, is, is now serving in our in our children's ministry, uh, just had accepted Christ, just been baptized, and she said, I'll help. Uh, put me in a place where I can serve. So our biggest need was at 11 o'clock. Now, the interesting thing was they were coming at 8.30. They said, you know, we have young children, and we, we have to get them back and get them to nap. So she goes, I'll tell you what I'll do. And she didn't tell me this. She told the children's worker, and our children's worker shared with me. She said, we're going to come at 8.30 and do that. But then uh, I'm going to take our, my children home, get them ready, and then I'll come back and I'll serve at 11. She's been doing that ever since she accepted Christ about seven or eight months ago. Uh, I mean, and that's a, that's a commitment right there. That's, a, that's an act of selfless behavior. And I'm so thankful as I see what God has done through her and her husband and her family as they have trusted Christ. I, I want to give you another example of being a faithful witness. A lot of passages talk about the importance of us sharing the gospel and sharing our faith. Uh, there's a young man that's here, matter of fact, this hour. Uh, his name is Austin McDaniel, and uh, he accepted Christ about a year ago. Uh, about, about a year and a half ago, uh, one of his friends, Andrew, invited him uh, to church, and he came, and uh, then his whole family began to, came and, uh, began to come. And uh, I remember uh, talking to his father. Uh, a matter of fact, his father was one of the faces you saw baptized here a few months ago, a couple of months ago. I remember talking to him back there, and uh, I said, Mr. McDaniel, why are you coming uh, today? I said, what came, got you to that point? to uh, making your, giving your life to Christ and committing yourself. He said, my boys, my son, uh, Austin accepted Christ at that Young Life camp. He came back, and he began to uh, share, and they began to see the difference in him. And uh, he said, it just really spoke to me. It just really spoke to him. And really, through his witness, that's why I'm here today. I came to that place where I said, I'm, I'm ready to commit. I'm, re- I'm, all, I'm ready to be all in. I'm ready to follow in believer's baptism. Uh, and then Austin also went on to... Uh, Helped start a young life at his school, at Flower Mound High School, him and some of the the other boys. And there's a great example of a teenage boy who's making an impact. Uh, That's a reward. I mean, that's a reward just seeing your dad uh, being baptized. And it's going to be a a continual, eternal reward for him. Uh, You know, also our giving, I mentioned, is something that will be evaluated at the Bama seat. And lastly, our faithfulness, our faithfulness to God. Many of you remember this story, and you, you maybe have met this couple, uh, the Reichels. Warren is now uh, serving in our youth ministry and working with our high school students. And um, they, uh, they, this was probably about nine months ago, 10 or 11 months ago. 
the story came about that uh, they were pregnant and they had a child and, and they went to have the, have the, uh, the baby uh, checked out. And when they had the sonogram, the geneticists came. They were probably about three to four months uh, pregnancy. And they said, there's no way your child is going to live. Uh, they have a, it's a rare disorder, chromosome disorder. Uh, I would really encourage you to consider termination. And so uh, they prayed about it and they talked about it. Their young couple, this was to be their first child. They said, no, we're not going to do that. They said, well, if you do this, you're going to have to carry that baby to term, and then it's going to live. Maybe it won't even be alive when it comes out. Maybe it'll live for a few minutes, a few hours, at most a couple of days. Uh, it'll have a lot of deformities. And they said, you know what? Uh, we're going to stick to our faith. We believe this is what God's calling us to do. We believe in the sanctity of life, and so we're just going to trust him. So she carried it to full term. And then this was their baby, Timothy. Uh, that they had for about 20 minutes. Uh, and then they came here a few days later, and the funeral was here. And they shared. They said, you know what, we don't regret our decision. And there were many kids and, and people who didn't know Christ. And they said, you know what, we want you to know that our God is faithful and just. And we are thankful for the 20 minutes we had, and we believe that we will be with him for eternity. And so if this what it means, if this is what God has called us to do, we will be faithful, and we will give testimony of the greatness of our God and his faithfulness. And if people are drawn to Christ, then bless it. And, and we know that God has used that experience uh, to draw people to him. And so they said, you know what, we don't regret it. Was it hard? Was it the most difficult things in our life? Absolutely. But we are glad that we chose to be faithful, and we would not change a thing. That is gold and silver and precious stone. Excuse me here for a moment. You know, here's, here's the bottom line. We all need to pray a prayer today. We either need to pray a prayer of, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. Come into my life and save me. Forgive me my sins. I give myself to you. Or... We need to pray a prayer like this to say, God, I want to recommit myself to you. I found myself just kind of sitting on the sidelines. I found myself really not doing much. Or, Lord, I want you to know that I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in it forever. You know, some of us, our spiritual jersey looks like this. It's clean and pretty. We've been wearing it for years. But we've been on the bench. Here's the deal. When you play football or soccer and your jersey looks like this at the end of the season, that's not a good sign. Okay? It's not a good sign. I, that's the way mine looked when I played junior high basketball. It looked just like this. Okay? This is what we want our shirts to look like. This is what we want our lives to look like. It's tattered and it's torn. There are times where we've been hurt. There have been times that have been difficult. There's times that we've spit on our knees. There's times when we've served when it wasn't easy, when it was hard, when it cost us. And the Bible says one day we get to lay what we've done at the feet of Jesus. The question becomes, what are you laying before the throne of Christ? What are you laying before God Almighty? And you know, here's the great thing it tells us. He says, for those of us who've been faithful, he gives us rewards. We don't know exactly what those rewards are, how they look. It talks about crowns. Um, I, I doubt it's like a crown that we put on our head. 
But we are given those rewards. You know, I, I remember when I was in college, I graduated from college. And I remember, I, you know, I, I did okay. But I remember at graduation when everybody was getting, like, the honors awards. I, I didn't get any. I, I think you're, most of you are probably pretty shocked by that. But um, I remember thinking, you know what, I, I could have, if I would have worked, if I would have enjoyed the socialization of college a little less. I did get a social award. Um, but if I would have enjoyed that a little less and I put a little more time in my academics, then I probably could have had one. But I chose not to. And I remember being there at graduation just kind of going, golly, I wish I'd started studying before my senior year. I wish I had really worked at this a little more. But you know what? At the end of it, I graduated and I was glad. I still graduated. You know, this is the picture. Those who know Christ, you're going to graduate. You're going to be before me. It's going to be great. But how wonderful to take those rewards and lay them upon the seat of Christ. Thank you. What about you this morning? If we had to write a picture, a story of your life, what would it look like? What would it look like today? What does the picture of your life look like spiritually? What does your life look like as far as the net worth of the kingdom value? Let's pray for just a moment. I want you to pray, and I want you to seek Christ for just a moment. If you've never trusted Him, I want to invite you to do that today. And I want to invite you to do something hard. Right after this service, we're in our welcome room. I want to invite you to come by and say, you know what? I'm ready to make a commitment to Christ. I'm ready to follow through in believer's baptism. I'm ready to do what God has come to do. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to make an impact. I'm tired of sitting on the, on the sidelines. I'm ready to make impact. I want to invest in the kingdom. I want to invest in heaven. And if you would say that, I want to ask you to take those actions today, to take that step right after this service. Maybe you're here today and uh, you would say, I... I just don't know. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. Hey, we'd love to sit down and visit with you and try to explain it to you, explain, explain the truth of the gospel, that we're worse and we're more of a sinner than we ever thought we possibly could be. But the good news is that we're more loved and accepted and grace is offered in a big way and mercy is extended more than we could ever imagine. I want to invite you to come and receive the grace and goodness of Christ. If you're a believer, I want you to think about heaven for just a moment. I want you to think about the investments that you've made on here on earth. What are you investing? What are you storing up where moths and rust cannot destroy? But that is eternal. I want you to think about standing before the Bema seat, the seat that all Christians will stand before to receive their reward. Are you ready? Are there some things that you still need to do? Some people that you need to share with? Some prayers that you need to pray for individuals? Some forgiveness that you need to seek? Some restitution that needs to occur? Some service that you need to enact? Think about that. 